Hey everyone, this is Dan, the Six Figure Couch Surfer. I'm posting a quick podcast about demystification. Now, this is a phrase I learned from John Bradshaw. If you look him up, he was a spokesperson, a I don't know if he was a psychologist per se, but he was one of America's top authors in mindfulness, family dynamics, therapy, all of that. Uh, great guy. And John Bradshaw dealt a lot with mystification and then demystification in his life. And what it is, it's brilliant, uh, brilliant exercise to conduct. It's the process is questioning what we consider to be not understandable in our lives because we chalk up certain dynamics as otherworldly, supernatural taboo to ever question. These could be rules that we don't ever question. These could be family systems, family dynamics, societal systems, principles and elements and thoughts and beliefs that we inherit from others, but we never question. We never look behind that veil to see whether or not this concept is valid. And to demystify your life or aspects of your life is to ask the question, why? Why does this thought process exist? Why does this assumption exist? Or do these values exist? Then going down unapologetically, without shame, down that path to investigate whether or not there is validity in some sort of posture or faith or belief or idea or philosophy that you're carrying. And the concept here is that If something is true, if something holds true, then it can stand being questioned. It's sort of like the engineering space. So in mechanical engineering, if a company designs, let's say, a machine that has automated parts, well, the company is going to want to know so they can tell their customers when certain parts are going to degrade. And so mechanical engineers will set up that instrument in their lab and keep applying a certain amount of pressure or force or friction, some sort of deleterious force to that component, to different components of that machine. They're trying to wear it out. They're trying to break it. How many times can this drawer open before it breaks? How many times can this mechanical arm swing this way or that way with how much weight before the metal starts to be compromised and break apart? And what they're doing is they're questioning how robust this machine is. So that way, when the company manufactures it, they can pick the best parts and then they can tell their customers, look, after X amount of months or years or however much usage you use this machine for, um, that was kind of redundant, sorry, then you will need to replace this component. You will need to fix it or have us come out there and, and service the instrument or the machine, whatever it is. So if you look at your your life, if you look at the parts of your life that you protect, that you don't question, that you don't shine light on, well, you're not allowing those to be investigated, to be poked and prodded, to see at what point do those ideas fall apart? How robust is your faith or is your belief system or is your philosophy or ideology, whatever that is? And so when it comes to thinking critically about life, it's very important to understand that all things can be questioned. That need, you, There needs to be an openness to assessing life based on what 
truthfully exists and understanding that your perspective, my perspective as humans, we only see from a specific angle. So you can imagine a cubist painting. Cubism is an art form in which you look at one object from many different angles and paint those angles simultaneously. And it looks like a mess. It's very difficult to, to understand when you look at it. You just see this giant conglomerate of smashed pieces of artwork together. They're sort of jumbled, right? But, but if you take apart each piece, you're seeing that it's the same object as seen from different perspectives. Now, having that sort of insight, that objectivity and that freedom of thought is so important to understand, again, whatever beliefs it is we are, we are carrying that we haven't even thought about and questioned before. So a big part of this is relatives. Relatives can be mystified, whether it's a grandparent or an uncle or ancestors. There's this idea that they're always right. They were always perfect. They were otherworldly in their ability to conduct themselves and they've never made mistakes. Don't ever question their mistakes. Don't even treat them as human. They're deified to an extent. And Caesar would do this back in the day. Pharaoh would do this. Pharaoh would claim to be Ra. There's so many different leaders that would claim to be to be gods or to be ordained by a god. I mean, even Hitler had said that he was blessed by God to an extent, that the, his concept of the Aryan race was something he, he took from the heavens above. I mean, there's so many wicked, bad things that are mystified in our world. And this isn't just an ancient type thing that humans did. This is what humans do now. Even if you look at how we look at how we observe celebrities, we mystify them. They're untouchable. You look at photographs on magazines and you'll hear models even say that they don't remember looking like that. There's so much airbrushing. There's so many computer algorithms that overlay what we see in this world and, and what's given to us. So to demystify, let's say, a celebrity is to see them without makeup on, to see them without the airbrushing, to see them as a human and, and see them as vulnerable, to demystify a marketed product. Okay, well, don't just show me how many miles this vehicle can drive on a gas tank, um, how many... You know, how much horsepower it has in the engine. Show me at what point do the vibrations in the engine start rattling around in the body? What's the, what are the first components to break down? Where did this company cheap out on developing this product to get it to match the price range? And so demystification is, is very important when it comes to business decisions, when it comes to analytics about partnership and certain contract terminology and what parameters you're going to agree to financially. It's looking at the fine print and then questioning the printer and the ink used in the fine print. So what fine print is missing from here? What's been, what's been removed entirely? I mean, you're, you get to question things at such a, a base fundamental level and you can get to go as deep as you want down that rabbit hole and there's no taboo. There are no taboos to asking why do we believe this? Or why is this said about such individual? What mistakes did they make? What, what's the bad part? So the good is good, but the bad and the ugly are also parts of it. The good, bad, and the ugly. You want, you want all of that. And so many, so many faiths and so many people, so many cultures and family systems are built on not questioning the deeper things. And that can leave entire swaths of of your your perspective 
that are blacked out, that aren't seen. There's no information there. And to conduct yourself in a way that avoids, to be avoidant and avoid those areas of life is, is limiting in your capacity to, to just live in reality. It, it limits out aspects of reality. And so it's, it leads to walking on eggshells, to enabling cultish mindsets and behaviors, closed-mindedness, a lack of foresight in reading the market, in reading a relationship and where it's heading. So mystification is sort of, it's a self-investment in not knowing something and lacking self-disclosure. I don't want to know the truth. You're not going to tell me the truth. So therefore, let's just carry on as if that truth doesn't exist. And when you raise generations of people like that, or you hire employee after employee into a company like that, well, that just leads to an eventual demise. Somebody is going to either open their eyes and leave and and start having people leave in droves, helping people leave, or what's going to happen is an iceberg is going to be struck by the ship. And then people are going to realize, oh, wait a minute, these aren't, there are other things out there for us to collide with. There will be a, a collision. And you can definitely observe mystification in life when you interact with somebody who is too afraid to question their reality. The conversation will end. There won't be depth. There will be protective feelings, the hypervigilance. Again, the limbic brain is going to fire up the fight or flight response. You know, we don't question that. That's not allowed to be questioned. This conversation is over. I can't be part of this. This is wrong. And man, that can be, there can be super powerful words and emotions that are emitted in, in, in such an environment. And it'll lead to a lack of any sort of traction or productivity. Now there's a way to not attack people, not make someone feel feel disrespected when you address a belief that they have. This is a, a very sensitive topic, but, uh, and again, it come, even in a, in a corporate meeting, you know, if, if you have an executive who's mystified a product and they just talk about it, like it's God's gift to humanity, you don't want to just tell him or her that they sound like they drank the Kool-Aid in front of a group and, you know, damage their ego. And that'll cause a fight. That's very, it'll cause an animalistic, sort of mindset and argument and all of that. But if you can ask questions, why do you believe that? What do you believe about the opposition's products? What do you believe about the the market and where it's heading? What if the market isn't going the route you're saying? How can we pivot? How can your idea be adapted, the product be adapted, or perhaps left entirely on the table to pursue a new product? These aren't taboo questions to ask. These are very intelligent questions to ask. Because just because you have a model, a system model, just because a, a current method of running your business works, what if things change? How can we adjust to that? And the COVID pandemic is, a, is a, a big way of looking at this. How much of life was assumed to be the way it's supposed to be due to inherent stability that was there for so long? And now that stability is gone and we've got to question so much. Our nine to five going into offices, without working remote, without having any sort of flex program, even for students. How come only executives are allowed to work from home or certain parts of, of a company can work from home, but not everyone? And so now we get to question these things. It's life, again, there's a collision with a virus that is causing, it's manifesting questions to come up 
that perhaps we've never questioned before. There are married couples that are going to be get, going to get divorced. And there are couples that aren't married who will be getting married. And if you look at 9-11 and you look at other disasters, weddings and divorces spike when there's a disaster. Because people suddenly question their relationships. It's not taboo anymore. Do I really want to live and die with this person? No, I want somebody else. So they divorce and they go find the person that they truly love. And there's people who are not married, who've been dancing around it and avoiding it for so long. And they realize, look, if life ends, I want my life to end with you. I want to be with you. And so they get married. So this is actually a big thing, a, a big phenomenon, a data point that's collected in the sociology world uh, and the, the world of psychology. There's a lot of research conducted after disasters and how humans officially can give, their, give themselves permission to question everything. And so we need shoves, violent shoves by the world and by our the breakdown of certain aspects of our infrastructure to force us down truthful avenues and paths in life. And so it's important to demystify. It's such a relief to demystify because you can finally ask ask your family, why do we believe that? Why is this always said? Why? What is the purpose of this tradition? No one should ever be shamed for questioning a tradition. Traditions should come with explanations. Otherwise, why are you celebrating it? And so for someone to say, hey, we don't question that. You're not allowed to question that. Okay, well then I'm not gonna participate in that. Unless I know exactly what it's about, why would I feed into that? I wanna either be proud of something I believe in or something that I support, or I need to understand it. I need to, you know, if I don't, if I'm not proud of it, then I'm not gonna celebrate it until I know why there's pride behind it, why there's a belief in it. And this will make a lot of people very uncomfortable, this concept. And uh, I've, I've heard, I've read excerpts from, from people uh, in, in therapy books that I've read. And uh, I know some people as well who've suffered uh, a lot of trauma in their life, especially by family. And because of the person's status within the family, they weren't able to question what was done to them and what happened to them. There was a mystification. It couldn't have been them. They're way too holy or great or awesome of a person. They're way too foundational to the family for me to assume that my mind is being truthful in what I experienced. And they're trapped in this prison where they can't disclose what happened, even to themselves. They'll make themselves feel like the bad guy. I caused it. I'm the reason that they did this to me. And man, other people can invest in that as well. So there can be a lie that occurs and that lie, just like a pearl starts with a grain of sand that has layer and layer and layer of pearl constructed around, that irritation within the, the oyster or the clam's mouth is then covered and, and becomes a piece of jewelry, a beautiful piece of jewelry. That's how these lies start within systems. And that's where the mystification comes. There can be a lie and that lie is then dressed up and paraded as, as it's shrouded in sort of a beautiful coat of deception. And that deception just over time solidifies and gains more and more mass. And the longer that concepts aren't questioned, the longer that a belief is mystified, the stronger it becomes and the more people, the more observers tend to abide by that and honor it. 
and those who know the core of it, and anyone can get to the core, you can drill down into the core, but again, you're cracking the shell, you're cracking the pearl to see what's in it. That's devastating to people who are invested in that. And so you can think of mystification as a way of penetrating through layers and layers of perceived truths to find out what lies beneath it. So to go down that path will be upsetting to a lot of people in life, depending on what system you're looking at, depending on the amount of investment. Now, no matter what, there should you should never want to be a part of a system that is invested in not questioning authentically its own foundations or the beliefs that it carries. There should always be room for understanding deeply what is said, what is believed, what is proposed by whatever it is, the company, the family, the organization, the relationship. Um, There's nothing that should be taboo. So if there are, which I'm sure there are, there's going to be aspects of all of our lives that are mystified to an extent. Because we, again, we inherit thoughts and ideas and concepts as we're born into this world and raised in this world. And to have that awareness to say, let me, let me go back to, to this idea. Let me just question it a little deeply. Let me understand it more. You've got to pick the things that really, that you, you have that, that gut reaction to, you know, that there's something off or, you know, that you want to learn more and then you figure it out. Now, if you look at how entrepreneurs have started amazing businesses they've questioned concepts like cryptocurrency is questioned what is money what what is the philosophy of money the value of money exactly there's not much it's just man-made and so then cryptocurrency came out and all of a sudden you have a digitized coin that carries so much monetary value now you look at elon musk when he created is it xpay and there's that concept of can money just be digitized and can, can we make it something that's democratized and easily accessible to every citizen in the world rather than distributed by banks? Is there a way to, to create a more peer-to-peer interaction when it comes to digital currency? And there are rules that had to be broken. There, I believe XPay had just gotten founded and then PayPal right before a series of laws came out to then slow down that process of creating online banking type systems. And they were able to sneak through that window and people wanted to punish them and wanted to say what you're doing is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. But again, they demystified money and they created a a billion dollar industry off of that or more. I'm not sure how, how large the, the PayPal world is right now, but there are huge amounts of not just money to be made, but success to be had and progress to be experienced for anybody who's willing to question what it is we believe about something and how we can make it better. So again, this requires demystification. This is a deeply, uh, it's a deeply spiritual as well as psychological as well as financial type uh, concept. This doesn't just relate to a esoteric mindfulness um, philosophical type realm. This has very real concrete um, examples in our life and impact in our life. You can see so much innovation in business and the business sector has been seeded and has been has flourished in the concept of demystification. So if there's anything in your life, which there's going to be, there's going to be areas of your life in that you've just 
never questioned before, but you've wanted to and you felt really bad about it. I'm just saying go for it. Question it because you're not being disrespectful. You're not trying to dishonor people or ideas or beliefs or faiths. You're not trying to dishonor that. You're simply wanting to to touch it and to hold it and to know that it's real. And if it's not real, if you find that it's not real, that's normal to be invested in thought and, and to be afraid that thought is going to vaporize that foundational element to your life, but it'll be okay. Because what what's the idea of having a belief in your life, whatever that belief is, that isn't real. To be invested in self-deception is is just terribly unproductive, counterproductive, and it's it's a maldevelopment. It's not a healthy aspect of human life, and so many people still are invested in, in such things. They're they don't question the the idols they bow down to or the concepts that they carry the beliefs in the face. I mean, this is a very deep, deep thing. And I believe when it comes to being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, when it comes to somebody who is innovative, you question all those deep aspects of your life and you question the deep aspects of humanity, the concept of, of how we are conducting ourselves on a planet and questioning that that's, that's huge to question the infrastructure around you is amazingly powerful. And it leads to great, great things that most people would look at you and say, you're crazy for trying to do. And that's, that's a good thing when you can break away from the herd in a way to help them because you have a vision that they're not seeing yet. But when you manifest that, that's, that's when you realize you're going to get paid for the vision that you created. They will, they will seek you out to get help because you're offering something that has just broke them through a shroud, a veil that they've been living behind. And once you develop whatever it is that you have cooking up inside of you, whether it's artistic or musical or financial or has to do with mechanical engineering or has to do with computer engineering, whatever it is, there's something you might have that once you get it out there and the world doesn't assume it's very viable at this point, it'll completely change lives. So I hope this fires you up to be creative and to start questioning questioning things around you, demystify those concepts. And I, if this offended you, it's probably given you momentum to move down an avenue that you've been avoiding. That's all I'm saying. Thanks for listening and tune in next time, which I guess is going to be loading up right after this on your podcast playlist. Thanks.